TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go, both on this podcast and when it comes to Major League Baseball. And heck, Droogie's Baseball, Golden Valley Little League, is officially back as of this evening. This evening would be June 23rd, Tuesday. June 23rd, the year is 2020. This is Scoop Podcast episode 302. Major League Baseball opening day will be either July 23rd or July 24th. I'll empty out my figurative notebook on some NBA draft notes in just a bit, but I just got off a Zoom call with my buddy Nick Anderson of the Tampa Bay Rays, Crosby, Minnesota native, former St. Cloud State pitcher. He is now one of the best relievers in all of Major League Baseball. Here are Nick's thoughts on the return of Major League Baseball. Nick, help me through my emotions. I mean, I'm just goofy reporter guy. You're in the belly of the beast. It's your livelihood. Like, there's a part of me that says, what the bleep took so long? But then there's a part of me that says, hallelujah! Like, baseball, finally. Like, we have official news. But who cares what I think? Take me through your emotions right now. Well, hey, you're just a goofy reporter. I'm just a goofy baseball player. So, whatever. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm just excited to get back out there. Uh, honestly, you know, we've all been just kind of, trying to stay in as much baseball shape as possible right now and um you know over the last couple of weeks it's been awesome that the trop's been open that you know we've been able to get in there like three times a week uh get some long toss get back on the dirt mound throw some pens you know uh that's been that's been super nice because it was it was getting a little monotonous going to the local park thrown into thrown into the net um so yeah it's uh you know it was just a situation of coming down and um you know, agreeing upon something and, you know, nobody wants to give, give anything away. Um, so it, uh, we all, I know some people are like, Oh, players don't really care about the fans. Like, no, it's, um, nobody just wants to go to work and get screwed, you know? Um, so it doesn't, that part, we do, we do play for the fans. Um, yeah, obviously we get paid for it, but, uh, you know, the fans are the ones that allow us to get paid. So we definitely play for the fans. I know everybody's just excited to get back out and, and, and start playing, start some competition up that we're used to having. I mean, in your mind, Nick, did you guys, the players, think you had this all mapped out in March? When you go back to March, was there a thought that there was an agreement in place that, that everything that took place these last many weeks maybe should have never taken place, that it was all the owner's fault for, for driving all these narratives? You know, we've never been through this kind of situation before. So coming to an agreement in March, um, you know, a lot of uncertainty if we're even going to start back up, what's going to happen with the corona situation, you know. So um, as far as, you know, our job isn't as players isn't really to worry about the wording um, about the deals. Like, you know, that's that's the union, the head union's job uh, to handle to handle that side. So, uh yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of stay out of it, and it's you know I'm just ready to play whenever whenever things get settled. How much did you lean on? I don't even know who the Rays player rep is, but how much did you lean on your player rep for for feedback and advice? I mean, he's the one that's pretty much besides you know our updates through our email, um, but you know the details are kind of like what's going on through the day or whatever. Uh, that that all goes through the union rep. So we we have. Uh, you know, we had a big group text message, um, a thread with all of us that, we, you know, everybody, <laughs> just a bunch of questions that, you know, it was, I don't know, it was, it was kind of funny at times. Who is your player rep? Uh, Glassnow. And is he good? I mean, was he, was he vested? I mean, from what you could tell, I mean, he had all the information that you needed? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, he's on top of it and he's, He's pretty energetic, so I feel like it, it's actually a, it's a pretty good position for him. Um, there's a lot of I – t- I talked to him on the phone a couple times, and I was like, hey, I'm sorry to call you. Like, I know you got all this stuff you're dealing with. He's like, oh, no, it's actually not too bad. Yeah, it's, I'm like, all right, well, I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not in your position. 
60 games in 66 days. You ready for this sprint? Yeah, it, it'll be a little, it'll be a little interesting, but you know, it's a couple months and, um, you know, it doesn't matter that we've really had three months off or, or whatever it's been. Um, you know, you can't really say, Oh, well, you've had three months off. You'd be able to do it. You know, uh, it's not really how it goes. So it'll, it'll be fine. I, we're going to have extra, we'll have extra guys, I think, I don't know, I guess. Um, so it, it all work out. I, I know the, you know, I know all the coaches, you know, the last thing the team wants is these players that they've invested money in to get hurt. So, you know, as, as far as, you know, the team may be expecting everybody to play 60 games, you know, or a position player to play all 60 is, I don't think that's very likely. I know they kind of, especially with kind of ramp it back up for three weeks or whatever it is for a second spring training, spring training 2.0. Um, you know, I, it'll, it'll all work out. I think everybody's going to be fine. I mean, there's a part of me. I mean, there's the new rule this year that impacts you directly, right, with with having to face, you know, a, a minimum amount of hitters, you know, if you're coming out of the bullpen. But, like, you just laid it out with everything being so atypical. Now, as far as I know, that rule is still in place. But, like, there's a part of me that wonders, should they go back and look at some of these rules, including that one, if a reliever just comes in for one batter, just because of the atypical nature of everything, you're right. I mean, trying to ramp back up and, and you know, the concern with injuries. I just wonder if that's one rule in particular that, that maybe you guys should be looking at. It could be, and that's behind the scenes. I don't really know. You know, it's, I don't think the schedule's been finalized yet. You know, so maybe it could be these things that, you know, we're all just focused on starting to play or, you know, getting, getting the schedule amount of games pay you know getting all getting all that handled and then you know the health the safety precautions um but i'm wondering if a couple of those details might be you know kind of thrown out in a, in a week or two kind of i'm sure there's got to be some things that are still getting figured out i mean there's a lot of stuff to <laughs> a lot of stuff to be figured out there is i suppose it helps that that you're right there like you just mentioned i mean you've been throwing at your home ballpark so if you need to report for spring training or summer training, you know, 2.0 here next week, it sounds like July 1st, you know, for a lot of guys, like they need to fly into town. Like think about the guys yeah. that are in the Dominican right now, or who knows where they are all across the globe. I guess in your case, it may not be all that different. You know, is that safe to say that, that when you report, you'll just see a lot more guys starting next week? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I think over the last week or two, kind of when things were starting to pick up a little bit and maybe getting close to a deal or whatever, uh, I think everybody was kind of notified, like, hey, be ready to kind of go at any time, you know, because um, everybody knew that it was probably going to be a short turnaround for for coming back, reporting for spring training. So I, I did read something. I, I don't know if this – is actually going to happen or you know I heard in the beginning that it might it's not going to be the whole team maybe all together at once it might kind of ease into that uh, a week or two in so like that's that's some of the details that I don't even have right now but you'll be okay Nick I mean when, when talking about you specifically I mean opening day is said to be July 24th in your mind you'll be ready to rock and roll come July 24th that's the plan. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, I mean, you've done this before where you've ramped up in a in a relatively short amount of time. So, you know, like I'm thinking maybe for starting pitchers, you know, it might be super difficult. But I'm thinking, you know, maybe for you that, I don't know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think, you know, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, it's a bullpen guy – you know, and I've been throwing fairly frequently this whole time, you know, during during Corona. Um, so, I, yeah, my, my arm feels pretty good. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see tomorrow. I think I might I think I might get on the radar gun tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see how it's coming out. But, yeah, it feels good. Uh, I, I think the stars might – that's just maybe something that they'll just be a little limited in the beginning. Um you know, they're not, I, I doubt they're, they're not going to be expected to come out and, and throw seven innings. Um, kind of, honestly, like the start of the regular season, generally, 
you know. Um, they come out, throw maybe four innings, you know, maybe five. five. Um, you know, you're not seeing anybody throwing seven, eight innings really in the beginning, like right away in the beginning of the season. Um, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I you're the I, expert. I'm again just oh, a goofy uh, reporter. No, I I pl- I play baseball. I don't keep tabs on all that stuff. I don't. <laughs> I just <laughs> play. You. Yeah, I'll hit you with a few more, Nick. Then I'll let you get to dinner. On yeah. Corona, I mean, what sort of safety concerns, if any, do you have? I don't know. It's it's tough. I think everybody wants to play, so it's just going to be a collective kind of agreement. I don't have any kids or, you know, a family here with me, so I just have me to worry about. But a lot of the guys, you know, they have they have a wife and kids, um, you know, so kind of just being respectful about that. You know, the last thing, the last thing I'd want would be to get it and give it to one of them, and then they go home and give it to one of their kids and their family, you know. Um, so I think it's just going to have to take some commitment, I think, from everybody. Um, kind of grind out, you know, two, three months of, you know, not going out, really. Um, not going out to eat a whole lot and, and you know, going out to a bar maybe night before a day off or whatever. You know, just like a couple of random little things like that, really. Um, I think and if everybody does that and just kind of chills out, and I, I don't really, I don't know. It might be inevitable that somebody's going to get it, um, but to limit to limit it as much as possible. And I, I think you know if we could get tested every day, um, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's part of the whole agreement, or you know, I don't know any of those details for the health safety side of it. But you know, I think if you got tested every day, that kind of really limit the window of of transferring it to the rest of the team um so i don't know i think a lot of younger people that have been getting it have been asymptomatic uh so it's really just kind of keeping it to a minimum and not transferring it to the rest of the team and and having it go back to their household that's kind of that's my big thing and i mean i hang out so i don't really do a whole lot so I, uh, I'll be all right. It'll be normal for me. I think It'll be normal right for you, but will it be normal for other guys? And, I mean, you know this. Like, they're right in your backyard. The numbers are spiking. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to get – I don't know. Whatever. That's, I don't know if more people are getting tested. I don't know. The numbers are spiking. The numbers are spiking. I know that. But um, I don't know. Our our team's pretty our team's pretty kind of just chill and I don't really think a lot of people really do anything. I'd say more majority don't really do a whole lot anyways, you know. It's when you're playing every day, it's not like I don't have enough energy to go crazy and go out and do stuff. I don't know. I feel like an old man sometimes. It's, you you're know? not going to find any mosh pits or anything like that? No. No. <laughs> Leave the mosh pits to the off season. So <laughs> It's yeah. It's really. I think everybody really just kind of hangs out. the The biggest thing is it is nice to go out, especially say you have a day game or something, you know, and then maybe an off day the next day. It is nice to go out and grab a nice dinner and, and be out for a little while. So there'll be a couple changes, but heck, it's not that long. Sixty games and you know, hopefully some playoffs. So, so I, I think everybody can manage three months out of their life, you know. I suppose just roll with the punches. Like, I think about the unbalanced schedule. Like, think about your former organization, the Twins. To me, they'll be playing a bunch of games against the Royals and the Tigers. The White Sox will be better. I think the Indians are still okay. You know, but, like, you guys will play the Yankees and the Red Sox, and you'll cross over and play some NL East teams. There's some really good teams in the NL East, including the Braves, right? So, and the Nationals, the defending champs. Like, to me, the unbalanced schedule, I'm not quite sure it's real fair matching up the twin schedule compared to you guys, the Rays. I have no idea. That it's kind of – I mean, from what you just explained, like, yeah, it sounds a little lopsided. But uh, it's like you said, kind of just rolling, rolling with the punches. And, you know, it's have you seen – is there a proposed schedule out there? I don't know how they're going to do it with 
different divisions. I, I have no idea how they're making the I schedule. I mean, presumably with 60 games, you're going to play, you know, your division. Then you'll cross over to the National League, you know, comparable to, to your division. So in your case, you know, AL East games, NL East games. In the Twins case, AL Central and some NL Central. I don't know if they can play all the NL Central teams, but I'm just saying, like, there's no <laughs> way that's fair. But I suppose, like, in summation, Nick, like, just embrace the craziness. Like, this is such an atypical year. Hopefully we never, ever see anything like this again in the yeah. history of the game, or at least in our lifetimes. So is it just one of those deals where just embrace all this all this craziness? Kinda. That's I'm a go I'm a go with the flow kind of person anyways. So it's yeah, if we have a tougher schedule, we have a tougher schedule. I, I don't know. Um I think as as baseball players and we played normally 162 games or you know, in the minor leagues, whatever it is, one twenty to one forty, one forty four. I think one triple A plays one forty four, something like that. Sounds about um, right. And, you know, we're, we're used to – I mean, that's a lot of games. We're used to just going, kind of bouncing around and just kind of going with the flow of things. So, uh, it, it'll be a little bit different. But, I, you know, I, I always tell people I think baseball, us baseball players are kind of pretty good at just kind of riding, riding the wave. Um, so, it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting. Yeah, like you said, this is – hopefully this is something we never have to go through again. But – we are going through it, so it's kind of kind of ride it out and try to be positive and and hope for the best. And I suppose it's just it's nice to have finally closure. Like now you know, okay, July twenty fourth, you know, next week, right? You know, summer training or spring training two point however you want to yeah. term it. Like there's been so much uncertainty going back weeks. Finally, right now, there's actually some certainty. Yeah, that was – speaking of riding the waves during the whole thing, it was it was kind of like one week. It was like, all right, excited. And then the next week you're like, man, I'm kind of tired this week. Like, it's just – because you're just, you're just waiting. You know, it was – you didn't really have any control over, over it. Um, so, it's, it's been – yeah, it's just it's been up and down this whole time. So to to have, like you said, a set time, like all right, this is when you got to be ready by. That, I mean, that's what we're used to is is having, you know, you know your off season, you know you got to be ready spring training, and then you got to be ready for opening day. Uh, there's always a time. So this time's a little quick. Nobody knew, but hopefully everybody during this time was staying in shape and ready for that unknown. Um, decision that we're that we're going to start back up so it yeah whatever whatever it is what they say the 27th or something like that 20 the 24th for opening day i don't know if every team will play the 24th maybe some teams open the next day but yeah i mean yeah you only have 66 days to get these 60 games in so it's not like there's gonna be a lot of off days so everybody's gonna be going there pretty much on the 24th or 25th yeah yeah and and that's that's why I'm kind of curious to see what happens with the schedule. Um, you know, maybe some double headers, uh, a little front loaded or something like that. You know, uh, of the sixty games, just in case something on the back end with Corona or whatever. You know, try to try to knock some games out early. Um, that's I don't know. That's the speculation. I I, <laughs> I have no idea. You know. And I mean, um, you said you play for the fans. I'll let you go after this. I know you're hungry, yeah. but yeah, like. If fans can't be in the stands, again, just roll with the punches. And, I mean, you know, with all due respect, I mean, there in Tampa, it's not like you guys draw 40,000 people a night. What are you talking about? Yeah, we do. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it'll, it'll be a little weird. I just hope for uh, – my concern in the beginning was that we're doing no fans, even watching the game on TV, is going to be – Something you've never seen before. I just, I guess, like the other sports that have been played and that have no fans in the stands. I don't. I really haven't I've been, been watching South sport. Korea baseball. Have you watched South Korea baseball? It's well, they have those uh, cutout figures, don't they? It's really weird. <laughs> That's right. Does it break up? The, does it break up the stadium though? Does it make it feel different? 
I mean, to each their own, Nick, but I think it looks freaking ridiculous. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I, la- I laughed when I first heard about that. It's, yeah. So my, my concern, though, was of how different it's going to be just watching the game. You know, there's going to be no fan noise. there. So how different is it? You know, there's already a lot of people that say they don't like to necessarily watch baseball on TV because – it just is so long, and it's not you're not there. It's much better to watch in person. Um, so with no fans and, and none of that extra excitement, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. Um, hopefully, we can figure something out and and kind of keep it interesting for the fans. And um, you know, I, I know before they had talked about doing mic'd up players. I don't know if that's this is this is the, I don't know. I'm just like tell me when tell me when and where. It's really like the whole thing. Like I'm kind of over just. Tell me where. Tell me where to be. I'll show up. Well, um, you need to be at the Trop next week, July first. I don't know what time. You'll find out pretty quick here. But let's do it. I'm telling yeah. you, let's embrace the nuttiness. We'll never see anything like this ever again. I don't think. Yeah. Right. Ho- hopefully. So it's uh, it's just gonna be nice to be back and um, provide some sports, some sports for America. You know. Um, so everybody was always like, oh, we need it back. We need it back. I'm not a huge – honestly, I'm not a huge sports fan. Like, I, I play baseball, but I'm not, a, I'm not a sports nut. So, to me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really watch <laughs> – I don't really watch anything. Uh, so, but it, uh, I know we, we've all missed it, and uh, we're excited to get back and, and get rolling. Nick, I look forward to seeing you build upon your kick-ass year last year and – Telling you, I can't wait until July 24th. Sounds good, Darren. Appreciate it. Main man, Crosby native, Tampa Bay Rays reliever, Nick Anderson. I recorded Nick at 6.30 on Tuesday night. I think after I got done talking to him is when the email came out from Major League Baseball clarifying when opening day will be. So opening day will be either July 23rd or 24th. I'm recording this podcast now at about 8.30 on Tuesday night. I do have the email from Major League Baseball in my hands. Let me just read it verbatim. Commissioner of Baseball Robert D. Manfred Jr. announced today that Major League Baseball anticipates beginning its 2020 regular season approximately one month from today on July 23rd or July 24th. The announcement follows confirmation today that the MLB Players Association has accepted the health and safety protocols that will guide MLB's return to play and that players will be able to report for training by July 1st. The health and safety of players and employees will remain MLB's foremost priorities in its return to play. MLB is working with a variety of public health experts, infectious disease specialists, and technology providers on a comprehensive approach that aims to facilitate a safe return. MLB has submitted a 60-game regular season schedule for review by the Players Association. The proposed schedule will largely feature divisional play with the remaining portion of each club's games against their opposite league's corresponding geographical division. So like I talked about with Nick, East versus East, Central versus Central, it's an unbalanced schedule. This is now me opining. I mean, it's just not fair, but hey. How the heck could you make a 60-game schedule fair in any form or fashion? I'm still pissed off that this was the second-worst scenario. Worst off would have been no baseball. At least we get baseball, but these two sides can't stand one another. This was supposed to be the easy part. The tough part is after the 2021 season, when the CBA expires, there is no collective bargaining agreement right now starting with the 2022 season. Is a lockout coming? Is a strike coming? I guess we'll worry about that in 16 months, but – just seeing how difficult the last few weeks were just to get to this point. Like, baseball should have been going by next week, by July 4th. Now we need to wait an extra 20 days. That, to me, is bleeping ridiculous. So the fact that these two sides couldn't figure this out, I am frightened. I am worried. I am petrified as a baseball aficionado what will take place in 16 months. But I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. All right, let me empty out my figurative notebook. Then we'll get to Mike Tannenbaum of ESPN, the former Dolphins front office exec, the former Jets front office exec. I asked him about Dalvin Cook the other day, Anthony Harris, and a couple other NFL talking points. All right, emptying out the figurative notebook in no particular order. Zeke Najee, former Hopkins High School star, former Arizona star, Pac-12 freshman of the year, interviewed virtually today 
with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Daniel Oturu and Trey Jones. Oturu from Creighton Durham Hall, the former Gopher. Jones from Apple Valley High School, the former Duke point guard. They are off to P3 in Santa Barbara on Thursday for 10 weeks of extensive training. Add these names to prospects that have interviewed with the Timberwolves virtually. Freddie Gillespie, he's from Easteridge High School, Baylor University. Aaron Henry from Michigan State. And Lamar Stevens from Penn State. On Gophers basketball, there is optimism. I've talked about the optimism going back to last week on Booth Gotch, that Booth Gotch will get a waiver. He'll play immediately for the Gophers. But I hear internally there's all sorts of optimism on the big man, the transfer from Drake, Liam Robbins. He's been on this podcast. I hear that the Gophers are optimistic that Liam also will get a waiver to play immediately. If that's the case, the Gophers should be able to roll out a solid starting five, have some good depth. I still anticipate Marcus Carr to be back. Then you've got Gabe Kausher, you've got Booth Gotch, you've got Brandon Johnson, and you've got Liam Robbins. That is a pretty good starting five, albeit the Big Ten is going to be very, very good, assuming that we have a normal college basketball season. Back to the Wolves because I'm bouncing all over the place. David Nawaba is coming off an Achilles injury so he can't play, you know, when when the NBA resumes in this bubble in Orlando next month, but he signed a contract today with the Houston Rockets. It contains an option for next season. So this move is about next season. The transaction window in the NBA opened earlier on Tuesday. The Wolves did not have interest in Nawaba. The Wolves do have that open roster spot. There is interest in Jordan McLaughlin eventually getting a standard deal. He's on that two-way contract, but there's really no rush because he's not an unrestricted free agent. I guess when when free agency starts in when is it October, the Wolves would have McLaughlin's rights as a restricted free agent. So the Wolves could, in theory, wait on McLaughlin, give him a standard contract in October. There is no rush to do that right now. The Wolves are still over the luxury tax. On Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman of the Vikings, I just say this. You know, right now, both guys are heading into the final years of their contracts. Let's just say there's been dialogue. We'll see where it goes. Maybe the Vikings announce something on the eve of training camp or on day one of training camp. This, again, assuming that we have training camp starting in late July. I guess none of us really know, but let's hope we have training camp in late July in Egan. I guess I would not be shocked if if maybe some sort of official announcement happens maybe sooner to that day. But let's just say there's there's been dialogue. I don't know if both guys will actually be working under the final years of their, of their contracts in 2020. The Vikings offense minus Dalvin Cook gathered last week at Woodbury High School for workouts. Blake Cashman of the New York Jets was also there. I'm told about 30 guys total made it. The University of Minnesota will release COVID numbers early next week. Football players are back on campus for workouts and basketball players have moved into their on-campus living arrangements, but no definitive word yet when basketball workouts can ramp up. And I know Robbins is now living here in Minneapolis. I know Martise Mitchell is now living here in Minneapolis. But football players are back working out. There is some good news. I saw earlier on Tuesday that Indiana University tested over 180 athletes and athletic personnel. They did not have one positive test. Now, maybe that's a miracle. Maybe there's zero chance of that happening here. But that did stand out to me. I mean, everywhere else, Rutgers, Kansas State, Houston, LSU, Clemson, go up and down the list of the schools that are releasing their information. There's been positive tests. That's just the way it's going to be. So I was shocked to see that Indiana didn't have one positive test. Chet Holmgren, Minnehaha Academy, one of the best players in the country in the class of 2021. His dad, David, years ago played for the Gophers. Chet on Friday will announce his final seven. Yeah, the Gophers will be among his final seven. Gonzaga will be among his final seven. I'll just say this. I would not be shocked if Chet never plays a second of college basketball, that he goes the G League route. He is good enough to sign for six figures in the G League. That could be a very intriguing route for Chet Holmgren one year from now. Aaron Sabato, Twins top draft pick, was in town earlier today. If you listen to this podcast religiously, you knew last week that he was expected in town this week, that he was expected to sign for over slot. The slot for pick 27 was $2.57 million. He signs for $2.75 million. So he doesn't get significantly over. But Aaron Sabato did get over the slot. 
The Twins' fifth-round pick, the outfielder from Hawaii, last name Rosario, is expected to sign in the near future, but he won't travel here. The word is right now the Twins plan on just keeping him in Hawaii. He can undergo a physical over there. They can fax the contract. There's no reason to bring Rosario to the Twin Cities, at least immediately. All right, let's now get to Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN analyst, used to run the Dolphins' front office, used to run the Jets' front office. Heck, for a little while, he was an agent, so he's got that side of things. He worked for Priority Sports for like a year representing some coaches. So he's been an agent, he's been a general manager, he's now a TV analyst, so he's got some unique insight. I'm not quite sure he was super engaged in my Zoom chat with him the other day, but nonetheless, I'll I'll play it back here. Here is my conversation from the other day on the Vikings and one other NFL talking point with Mike Tannenbaum. Mike, always appreciate your time. Let me start with what I saw you address on first take on ESPN this morning. Dr. Fauci, his comments about this idea of if an NFL season happens that that he thinks it needs to happen within some sort of bubble, like we're seeing with the NBA in Orlando, the MLS in Orlando, the WNBA in Bradenton, Florida. I guess, where do you stand on on those Fauci comments and the idea of, of an NFL season, if it happens, happening within a bubble. Yeah, we're going to do the best we can as a sport. And uh, all the teams right now are trying to figure out how to handle it. And there's a lot more work to be done. I think common sense will have to rule the day. And it's going to be hard to socially distance to a certain extent. And I think we may see split rosters where offense could be in, defense could be doing virtual meetings. So a lot of learnings to be had by all involved. And uh, – Hopefully there'll be, you know, a reasonable solution knowing that unfortunately some people are going to get the virus at some point. Yeah. And I mean, I even wonder too, Mike, like normal circumstances, we'd be seeing rosters of, of 90 guys at training camp. Right. But like with everything going on, it just doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense. Does it for teams to bring in 90 players to their facilities? That's right. I think we could be looking at 80 players. I think we could be looking at two preseason games instead of four to try to minimize the amount of contact uh, players have. Uh, we won't see joint practices anymore, uh, or at least not now. And um, we'll, uh, you know, it's it's going to be, uh, there'll be a, a new normal. How concerned are you when you see, you know, multiple Cowboys have tested positive, multiple Texans have text, tested positive, uh, Kareem Jackson of the Broncos also tested positive? Yeah, and I think we're going to see more. And they're going to be notable coaches. And that's just the reality of it. And we have to do the best we can and get these guys into quarantine, get them safe um, and better as quickly as possible. No easy segue, but let me hit you on the Vikings. Okay, Dalvin Cook, he held out the last couple of weeks from from virtual meetings, how big of a deal it is, we can, we can debate. He really doesn't have a whole lot of leverage, though, right? I mean, if training camp starts relatively on time late July, with the way the new collective bargaining agreement is, is written, I mean, just take us through it. But really, if he wants unrestricted free agency next March, he doesn't have a whole lot of leverage. I mean, he needs to report come late July. Right. That's exactly right. Now, look, we saw what happened with Jalen Ramsey and Jacksonville last year where, quote, unquote, he had a bad back. And who knows what how the situation will go. But I would pay him. Ordinarily, I wouldn't pay running backs. But Kirk Cousins is so much more productive when Dalvin Cook is on the field. Yeah. So, okay, what's – you say you'd pay him. I mean, what would you pay him? And I'm with you. I mean, to me, that offense goes as Dalvin goes. That is a run-first offense – that's atypical in the league, but the Vikings offense, the way it is built, it's a run-first offense. And, you know, you trade Stephon Diggs. Dalvin Cook is the face of that offense. But what is a fair deal for Dalvin Cook? I think somewhere around 12, 12 and a half a year. Um, I don't think he'll get to the very, very top. But he's a good player. He's explosive. Uh, I agree that uh, offense goes through him. All right, so 12, 12 and a half. You know, he's he's pretty gung-ho on maybe that David Johnson contract at $13 million a year. But – you know, I guess the thought would be, and you've been on both sides of this. I mean, you've been an agent. You've done the negotiating from that side. You've been a general manager. You've negotiated from that side. But that maybe the two sides can come to some sort of happy medium at maybe around 12 or somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, and if the guaranteed money falls in line, I think there is a landing spot. And Rick Spielman and his group have done a really good job over the years at finding appropriate solutions. Can you just take us through, I mean, you know it infinitely better than I do, just the way the language is written with him, you know, whether it's restricted free agency or unrestricted free agency come March? So to be uh, an unrestricted free agent, you need four more years. And to get the accrued season now, you have to show up on time for training camp. So it really limits the ability to hold up. And again, how good do you think Dalvin Cook is? I mean, we saw, I mean, they won that playoff game in January in New Orleans. He was phenomenal that Sunday afternoon. 
yeah, he's a, he's a really, really good player. I think he's a notch below the Saquon Barkley, the Christian McCaffrey's, but he he's an excellent player. And again, if you would draft a player like that, like you would do everything you can within reason to keep him. Do you like Justin Jefferson? I mean, I guess I'll hit you on I that. I love Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I love him. Love him. I love his versatility inside, outside. I, I really like him. I think that was a great pick by Minnesota. So, I mean, you see some pieces here that, that even with a lot of guys departing, I mean, with Gary Kubiak, and, and he had his fingerprints on this offense last year, with him now elevating to, to play caller, you know, with Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen, with Kirk Cousins back. I mean, they, they have a chance to maybe do some stuff. Yes. Yeah, I like their offense. Um, I think they'll be diverse. I think Justin Jefferson's a really polished player, so um, losing Diggs obviously hurts, but uh, I think Jefferson has a chance to be really good. Were you surprised that Jefferson was, what, the fifth wide receiver off the board? Uh, a little bit. You know, time speed probably hurt him a little bit, but he's polished. Uh, again, can play inside the numbers, play outside. So um, I think this offense has a chance. Again, it goes through Dalvin Cook, but play action, we all know that's Kirk Cousins' strength, so um, they certainly have a number of weapons. On Harris, I mean, the Vikings are paying Harrison Smith a lot of money. I mean, Anthony Harris has the franchise tag. So, I mean, if he plays under the franchise tag, that's $11.5 million. I mean, where do you stand on on paying two safeties big-time money? Yeah, it's a good problem to have. I don't know if uh, I would probably go shorter than longer because of it. You're going to need flexibility to play uh, pay other positions. They lost their top three corners, so that frees up a lot of cash for this year, but something I consider in the future. I mean, what's a fair – you talked about 12, 12 and a half for Dalvin. I guess what's – What's a fair long-term offer for Anthony Harris? You know, I think if he gets close to Eddie Jackson, who's a little over $14 million a year, I'm sure that's what, probably what he's looking for. How would you balance? I mean, his agency also represents Harrison Smith, athletes first. I mean, if you're Harrison Smith, I think you would say, I think I'm more important, as good as Anthony is. I mean, they're both phenomenal players. But, you know, is there, is there any, you know, you think about just, you know, ruffling the feathers a little bit if, if Anthony comes in at 13 or $14 million a year and he's trumping Harrison Smith by a few million? You know, typically players, when they get theirs, they're happy, and then, you know, it's going to be the next guy, and it's just a cycle. So um, Harrison Smith's a pretty selfless player, so I'm sure he'll be happy for his teammate. And the deadline is, remind us, July 15th? 15th, yes. So, I mean, typically, I mean, just from your history, I mean, oftentimes do these things ramp up? I mean, typically a hard deadline drives negotiations, and maybe after the 4th of July holiday, that's when maybe things will ramp up? That's right. Exactly, and invariably three to five days beforehand is when things will really ramp up. And I'll leave you with this. Just, I mean, you're right. I mean, this front office, Rick Spielman, George Payton, Rob Brzezinski, they've been here for seemingly forever. I mean, in your dealings with this front office, a shrewd, I mean, a front office that absolutely knows what they're doing? Yeah, I have a lot of respect for those guys. Really, really solid. Starts at the top with Rick, ownership, uh, but like those guys a lot. Rob, I've known for years, really solid. ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum. I'll finish Scoop Podcast episode 302 with my recent conversation with Vancouver Canucks forward, the pride of Burnsville, and the University of North Dakota, Brock Besser. I talked to Brock like two or three weeks ago, but everything I hit him on is still plenty applicable. I meant to replay it like in episode 299 or 300, completely forgot. So let me replay that conversation now. Here's my recent chat with Brock Besser of the Vancouver Canucks. How are you? How are things? I mean, it's been a crazy few months. How are you holding up? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely been different, but um, I mean, definitely been really bored back home. But um, I mean, the Canucks are sending me workouts and stuff. And um, obviously, we're trying to stay in shape and uh, get ready here for Hopefully the playoffs coming soon. When you say stay in shape, I mean, have you been able to find some ice time? Um, I actually did travel down to South Dakota last week. Um, Gino Parrish, uh, he had some ice times down there and was running um, some skates there. So I uh, went down there, skated a few hours each day for four days, and I actually got to skate uh, at, in Prior Lake this morning too once. So uh, it's been nice to get back on ice, but uh, definitely need to skate more before. Uh, the playoffs start. I mean, this is the longest you've gone between skating since when? Like, even even normal circumstances, <laughs> like, you know, you take a couple weeks off, but the next thing you know, I mean, you're training 12 months a year. You're pretty much immediately back on the ice. So, like, it was 
what, like 10, 11 weeks in between you being on the ice? Is this the longest you've ever been between times on the ice? Yeah, it's, I'd say it's the second longest because my, after my first year in the NHL, uh, I, I broke my back, so that was about four months. So um, I've kind of experienced it a bit, but this is definitely different when you're healthy and you know can't really do anything. On your health, correct me if I'm wrong, was it a rib injury that you had yeah. in February? Yeah, I broke my first rib cartilage. Okay, and, and how are you doing now? Doing well, yeah. I got. Uh, I came back. I played one game before the whole uh, thing happened, the whole shutdown. So uh, I got one game in, and then and I'm just happy I got one game in because if I didn't play, then it would have been probably like three and a half months since I last skated. I mean, in a twisted way, though. I mean, this layoff just good for you to to get fully healthy. For sure, yeah. Um, not not just me either. Uh, I know our goalie Jacob Markstrom was injured too, and. Uh, a few other guys on our team that are key players were injured. So uh, they've had time to, to get healthy. And, and now, obviously, if we come back and have camp and stuff, I think we'll have a score. When you say if you come back, what sort of hope is there? I mean, I'll be frank with you, Brock. I've, I've texted with some guys on background. I won't name names, but on background, they have said, you know what? It's pretty much it's our summer break now. There's some safety concerns. We're not all that interested in coming back. I guess what sort of hope is there? just from you, from the guys that, that you correspond with, that, that we will see hockey come late July into August? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's uh, pros and cons to, to the whole situation. But, um, you know, I feel if, if we can come back and do this in the, the safest manner, um, you know, and make sure everyone's safe and they have a lot of testing and, and you know, there's enough testing for everyone, I, I think it would be something that's beneficial. Yeah, and I mean, I would say it could be therapeutic for a lot of people too, right? As, as at some point we, we hopefully can return to some sense of normalcy, seeing yeah. you guys back on the ice, I think could be very therapeutic for a lot of fans. For sure. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think just when you saw like the golf and stuff on TV, it just, it's nice to see something on TV that's live. So, um, you know, if we can somehow get sports back where it's, it's safe and, and, um, I, I think it definitely would be weird with no fans, obviously, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, if fans get the chance to watch it on TV, I think it definitely uh, would ease some people. You said that you skated this morning in Prior Lake. Is that the plan moving forward, to skate um, in Prior Lake pretty regularly? No, not really, usually. I, um, there was just a nice time that got opened up to me, so I uh, jumped on it. But um, I know I, I train in at St. Thomas Academy uh, at that rink, and uh, I, I think we can start on Monday um, going going there for small group workouts and skates. But it does make sense just for you to stay here in Minnesota versus, I mean, if you went back to Vancouver, correct me if I'm wrong, would it be a, a two-week quarantine? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so, that, yeah, that's a tough thing. So if we start skating and, and getting in shape and training and, and then we have to go back to start our camp in Vancouver uh, – us guys that aren't Canadians have to quarantine for two weeks when we go back. So uh, I know that there is um, some comments about maybe moving our team's camp to the state so we don't have to, so we can avoid that. So uh, I really don't know what's going to happen, but uh, right now just staying here and training is, is my best option. I mean, is that ultimately maybe the hope that, that you guys do return, but, but just based on the two week quarantine that maybe you guys agree, you know, as a Canucks organization that, that whatever city, whatever the hub city is, I mean, heck, there's some talk of St. Paul, though, with everything going on right now in St. Paul. wonder if the probably NHL not. says, yeah, probably not. But whether it's Dallas, wherever it might be, that, that you guys would just gather in that city and start your training camp? Yeah, yeah, I think um, that would probably be one of the better options just because um, two weeks is a long time to sit and do nothing. And I don't think you can really stay in shape sitting in a 1,200-square-foot apartment. So um, just – on that aspect just to get our team ready to go I know a lot of guys uh, our whole team's training hard and and then if we do come back uh, we'll be ready to go what was your reaction when you saw I mean there were there were rumors but then when the NHL makes the official announcement earlier this week that that if we do return <laughs> it'll be you against your hometown you know Minnesota Wild yeah <laughs> it's obviously uh it's gonna be a fun one uh, for me personally um Obviously, we, we played the Wild close this year, so I think it'll be a good series. But um, I think it's going to be some interesting 
uh, hockey just jumping right into playoffs for sure. Yeah, I mean, how do you just how do you ramp it up that quickly? I mean, how do you go from training camp? I mean, normally you'd be playing some preseason games or some time to mm. sort of ramp up, but you may go from just training camp, you know, scrimmaging amongst yourselves to all of a yeah. sudden game one of a best of five series. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be weird. Um, I don't know if – I think I heard some rumors about maybe a couple exhibition games against some teams maybe uh, just to get some games under our belts. But um, I think uh, our training camp is definitely going to be a little different than the training camp at the start of the season. Hopefully those rumors are true. I mean, I would hope that yeah. there could be some exhibition games. That would be a little yeah. odd to go from, from camp right into a, a best-of-five series. When you oh, look at the matchup against the Wild – how do you feel like you guys match up against them? Yeah, I think we match up pretty well. Um, I know we played them with uh, some banged up bodies, uh, uh, I think the last two games we played them. But um, I, I, I like the way our team plays. We're a fast, skilled team. And, um, you know, we got great goaltending, great defense. So, um, you know, as long as uh, we play our game against the Wild, I think uh, we could come out on top. Tell us about some individuals. You know, I mean, I'll – I'll plead being the, the casual hockey observer. I mean, obviously I know of you, but but who are some other guys in the Canucks that, that we should know about? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously Elias Pettersson, uh, very skilled guy, he's a younger guy. And then um, we trade for JT Miller this offseason. He's leading our team in points and he's been a great leader for our team this year. And he's had a phenomenal season. Um, we even traded for Tyler Toffoli right before the trade deadline. He's been great for us. And then, um, and then obviously we got rookie Qu Quinn Hughes that's uh, been tearing it up this year, and he's been phenomenal. And then, uh, like I said earlier, Jacob Markstrom has also been phenomenal for us this year for goaltending. What's it been like? I mean, you have some buddies that live with you, so at least you have some friends that, that you're able to hang with on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got some roommates that live with me back here, and um, we go on the lake a little bit because I live on a lake. And other than that, it's usually some chores around the house and working out. and. Other than that, just hanging out, uh, not too much. Probably uh, the, the same things every day, so uh, it's been good, though. As you ramp things up on Monday and you get over to St. Thomas Academy, I mean, are there any concerns, or will those still be, you know, small group workouts and, you know, you maybe you even come dressed and, and you don't shower at the facility and, you know, I guess just any safety concern concerns in terms of, of ramping things up on Monday? Yeah, um, you know, obviously I think you need to be safe anywhere you go if you go out in public. Um, you know, just making sure you're washing your hands or hand sanitizer. I've been really cautious about um, that stuff, obviously, because my dad uh, is prone to this. So, um, yeah, I think it definitely needs to be going about in a, a safe aspect. And, you know, I think the guys at St. Thomas are, are great over there, so I think they'll do a, a really good job to make sure everything's safe. We've documented your, your dad's health battles. How How is he doing? He's doing well, yeah. Um, he actually had a fall um, when me and my mom were doing some yard work at their house. So he broke his collarbone, had surgery, but uh, he's doing well. And, um, you know, each day, uh, you know, is a blessing and, and we uh, cherish all the time we get with him. I mean, he's got nine lives, doesn't he? I mean, broken yeah. collarbone and he's doing okay, though? Yeah, he tells us that he, uh, he he broke his shoulder, and we didn't believe him. But once again, he was right. He's always right. <laughs> I mean, just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, he's a, he's an amazing guy. He's a fighter, and, uh, you know, he still is a super funny guy, too, cracking jokes around the house and stuff. So it's, it's awesome to see. I mean, how much would he just, you know, what would it mean to him to see you get back on the ice here sooner rather than later? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, obviously he loves watching hockey and usually that's what's on the TV all the time at the house when um, I'm in Vancouver. My mom and dad always have hockey on. So uh, I know my mom would really enjoy it and obviously my dad would too. Before you, you hurt your, your ribs, you know, you said you came back for the one game, but I guess, you know, looking at your game January into early February, I mean, I guess, did you like the way that, that you were playing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was in a little slump, I would say, uh, personally. Um, it really wasn't producing. It was getting moved around on some lines. And, um, you know, during my injury, I really took some time to regroup and, and look at my game and, and see what I need to do better. I thought uh, the last couple of games before I, I got injured, I was starting to play uh, the, the type of game that I need to play each night and, uh, in order to help the team win. And then I got injured. So 
kind of sucked, but um, I took that time off as a, as a positive and to kind of regroup and uh, it kind of sucked that I got one game before everything happened. But, um, you know, if we, we play again, I'll be ready to go. When you talk about your game, I guess describe, you know, your game and, and what you need to do to, to have success. Yeah, well, um, first off, I need to shoot the puck. <laughs> uh, you know, I like to score goals, and I'm a goal scorer for our team. So, um, you know, I, I feel that I wasn't shooting the puck as much as I used to. And, um, you know, even down low with the puck, uh, started to get rid of pucks and stuff and didn't hold on to pucks and make plays. And uh, that's not the type of player I am. I, I like to hold on to pucks and make plays with my linemates. So, um, I think those are a couple of things I, I thought about. I'll let you go after this. What? What, Brock, do you now know about the NHL game that maybe you didn't know, you know, those first couple, you know, weeks, months? I mean, you had instant success. I mean, you know, right from the get-go, I mean, you had success. But but what do you now know about the game that maybe you didn't know those those first couple months? Well, the biggest thing for me personally was the, the size and, um, you know, how strong guys were on pucks. Um, uh, it was it was just amazing to see. Uh, I know in my nine games that I played right after college, I was getting out muscled and stuff, and that was kind of a big area of focus in the off season was to to get stronger and and get stronger on pucks and and be better down low with the pucks. So um, you know, I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway when I played those games. And has the trash talking began? I mean, like, are your roommates wild fans? I mean, I think all my friends are wild fans. They all text me in my group chat when they first found out. Uh, but uh, I hope they're still rooting for me. We'll see. <laughs> Brock, thank you so much. Stay safe, and I appreciate you doing this. Brock Besser, Burnsville native, Vancouver, Canucks forward. It will be interesting. I mean, Wednesday will be the day the Tria rink opens in St. Paul. Wild players can skate in groups of 12 or less. I know Zach Parisi's in town. A few guys are in town. Eric Stahl's in town. Devin Dubnik. Alex Stalock. I mean, a handful of guys are in town, but like we talked to Luke Cunning last week. He was in town, but now he's heading back to St. Louis. Other guys are not in town. And I mean, other guys just don't have an interest. I mean, I brought it up with Brock. Now, maybe those guys just end up backing out. That Maybe the NHL does happen, but it seems like there's still a lot of uncertainty about when the NHL will ramp up. Heck, what cities will it ramp up in? How many guys really want to ramp up? Next month, I'm telling you, whether it's, you know, health concerns or just, hey, we're in summer mode, it's not worth coming back. The money really isn't substantial. Like for a lot of guys... It's not significant money, you know, so does it make sense to come back or do they just wait until the fall? But then there's, you know, concern that the coronavirus will spike again in the fall. So who knows if the NHL can can start up in the fall? Maybe it gets delayed. So maybe it does make sense to ramp up this summer. So many questions still to answer. I just know from texting with a handful of guys outside of Brock. Not quite sure I've gotten a lot of, hey, I can't wait to return. It's a lot of, yeah, not quite sure I really want to play in July. All right, we are done here. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 302, a bit of an emergency edition just with Nick Anderson talking about the official return of Major League Baseball. So we are done on this Tuesday night, the 23rd of June. Episode 302 is in the books. Stay safe, stay sane.